State of the American League Central. I'm Jack McMullen. Breaking news, we fired Ryan Miller. He's no longer a part of just baseball. Or he's just driving out to the Cape to work for the Orleans Firebirds of the Cape Cod Baseball League. So uh, Ryan is not joining me this week or maybe ever. You got to tune in next week to figure out uh, if Ryan is back or not. But it's just going to be me. I'm going to take you through 10 to 15 minutes of the American League Central. Fortunately, so you don't have to, because again, this might be the worst division in baseball right now. You've got one team that is above 500 at the moment. You can say that about the American League West. Uh, and then aside from that, you can't say that about anybody else. The AL West has Houston. Minnesota is not Houston. I promise you that. Um, Minnesota, Cleveland, the White Sox, Detroit, and Kansas City. That's how the AL Central stacks up right now. Minnesota is 32 and 24. They're four and six over the last 10. Cleveland is 24 and 25. They're four and a half back. They're six and four over their last 10. Uh, and they've got a positive run differential. Everybody else is in the negatives by quite a wide margin. The White Sox have a minus 56 run differential. They're third in the division. They're 25 and 27. Detroit is 12 games under 500 at 21 and 33. Uh, they're five and five in their last 10, but they did lose three in a row to the New York Yankees. And then Kansas City is 17 and 36, two and eight over the last 10. They really are giving the Washington Nationals a run for their money for being the worst team in baseball. Yeah, the worst team in baseball is not the Cincinnati Reds. I can promise you that. Uh, Washington looks miserable, but Kansas City looks miserable right now as well. We're going to get into those teams. Let's start with Minnesota. Again, they're the top dog. They're 32 and 24. Minnesota, so far this year, has been solid. They've kind of held serve. They lost three in a row, and then I got a bounce back win. They took the series in Toronto from the Jays, 9-3 in game one. They got blown out on Saturday, 12-3. And then in the series finale, they won 8-6. Jarrell Cotton got the win. Uh, Kevin Gosman with the loss. Um, they see the Yankees and the Rays this week, both at home, and then they go on a little West Coast trip to Seattle and Arizona. Here's the thing about Minnesota, and we've talked about it before. They're just not healthy right now. And, you know, they have some top-end reinforcements at the AAA level. Again, you see Jarrell Cotton come up. You see Chi-Chi Gonzalez come up and put together a somewhat decent start. Devin Smeltzer came up and was okay. Um, the problem for Minnesota is – is they just lack the depth to be a legitimate World Series contender right now. And I think that this team is turning into buyers at the deadline. That might sound crazy to say because we weren't expecting that whatsoever, but they were buyers in the offseason when we weren't expecting it from them. And what I could see them doing is going to get depth. I don't think they're going to go get a top-end guy. Um, I was just texting with uh, a couple just baseball people, Aram Leighton, Javier Reyes, about – what the Padres might do. And it feels like the Padres are going to try and make that notable splash a la Joey Gallo. Um, like it, it just oozes, let's go get somebody that could be a star. I don't think Minnesota needs a star. I don't think they're going to go get a star. I think Minnesota needs some depth. I think they need a solid setup guy to finish out that bullpen. I think they need another five. Bailey Ober's on the 15-day IL right now. I, I think you need a little bit more depth, especially on the mound, and then see what holes you have offensively when it comes to the trade deadline. I think you can be in a holding pattern for a little bit because this team has proved that they can survive the first two months of the season. Um, I, I think that they're set up for success this year. I do. And I was holding out hope last week. Miller and I talked about it. You know, I, 
it's really hard to say that the White Sox aren't going to win the division, but now I, I think I'm putting my foot down and saying that the Chicago White Sox will not win the American League Central because I think the Twins have the right approach and they have enough players and enough solid players to be in a holding pattern until the deadline. And at the deadline, you make three or four minor moves to go get some depth on the mound or go get some depth maybe with a bench bat. Nick Gordon, haven't DFA'd him yet. He's playing pretty well. He's thrust into an everyday role again with Royce Lewis out for a moment. But, you know, I think it's, I think it's going to be very interesting how the Minnesota Twins attack the deadline. Everybody else, I think, might be selling except for the White Sox. The White Sox, I have no idea how they're going to work with, but we're going to get to the White Sox shortly. Um, let's get to Cleveland. They're 24 and 25 against six and four over their last 10. Cleveland, this past week, they went on a tear. They swept Kansas City. They took two or three from Baltimore. Then they had last night's game uh, against the Rangers in Cleveland postponed. They've got a doubleheader today against the Rangers at home. And then they host Oakland, then they're at Colorado, and then they go to uh, L.A. to see the Dodgers and then Minnesota to see the Twins. This is when you got to jump. Four games set with the Tigers, three with the Royals, three with the Orioles, four with the Rangers, and four with the Oakland A's. You have to finish that stretch a couple games over 500. You have to. Um, this is one of those stretches where, you, you know, you see those stretches where you say, oh, God, this is going to be a gauntlet. Like, this, these are the dog days here, and you need to bring your A game. This is one of those stretches where you can bring your B or C game and still come out 500. You're seeing a lot of bad teams right now. So let's see what you can do, especially on the mound. I'm curious what they're going to do. Cal Quantrill has been solid. I have no idea if that can continue for Cal, but, but let's see if it can. Tristan McKenzie has been a breath of fresh air. He has been so exciting to watch, and I can't wait to watch Tristan McKenzie continue to deal. Shane Bieber looks in command right now. Um, and then you've got some of these young guys coming up and performing really well with the bats. Again, everybody's kind of ticked down from that stellar April that Stephen Kwan had, that Owen Miller had. Even Ernie Clement was pretty solid for them. Uh, but Andres Jimenez has been good. Um, and, of course, Jose Ramirez. I think J-Ram – so I, I saw the odds for AL MVP. I know a little tangent here. Um, but I saw the odds for American League MVP – and Aaron Judge is the shoe-in right now. But then you've got Trout and Otani, and then you've got Jose Ramirez. I think Jose Ramirez is a better play than either of the Angels at the moment. Because what J-Ram is doing, last check, he was leading all the Major League Baseball and runs driven in. It's hard to argue with that. He's got an OPS hovering right around 1,000. Hard to argue with that. And we know that he does literally everything on the baseball field exceptionally well. So J-Ram could be a sneaky MVP pick. I think J-Ram and the pitching staff need to lead Cleveland a couple games over 500 in this stretch. Again, um, they took this area. They, uh, they split the series uh, with Detroit. Then they hosted Kansas City. They swept them. They took two or three from Baltimore. Now they've got four with Texas, four with Oakland, and three at Coors Field in Colorado uh, upcoming. I think this is a big stretch for the Cleveland Guardians. The White Sox, they're 25 and 27. It's hard to get a gauge on them. They lost four in a row. They got swept in Toronto. That was a really brutal series. Then they go to Tampa Bay, lose the series opener to make it four in a row, and then take both games on the weekend, 6-5 on Sunday, 3-2 on Saturday. That 3-2 win 
I want to go back to that for a moment because that was Saturday. That was Saturday afternoon. Dylan Cease went four and two thirds, one hit, two runs, neither were earned, five strikeouts, seven walks, 101 pitches for Dylan Cease, 54 for strikes. Cease has Cy Young stuff. Cease has as unhittable a stuff as anybody has in Major League Baseball, not named Jacob DeGrom. I legitimately believe that. I think Dylan Cease, from a raw stuff perspective, is a top five pitcher in baseball. Top five. What I don't like about the way Cease attacks is his lack of attacking. Um, we see these outings from Cease a lot. You know, great. One hit and four and two thirds. He walked seven guys. So let's just look at the whip, right? Like that, that's a bad whip. In under five innings, you allowed eight base runners. That's a bad whip. And C so far has a whip worse than he had last year. 58 and a third innings, a one, two, nine whip. I'm not going to judge batting averaged against with Dylan C's because opponents are hitting 207 against. That's a great clip. But you have to look at the walks. So I, I have a hard time thinking that Dylan Cease is going to continue to scatter walks. In order for him to take that next step to being a Cy Young contender, a legitimate borderline best pitcher in baseball, he's got to throw strikes. Upcoming schedule for the White Sox is an interesting one. Um, Chicago opens a series with the Dodgers at home tonight. I have no idea how that's going to go. Then they host Texas, then they go to Detroit, and then they go to Houston. So you have two bad teams sandwiched in between two of the best teams in baseball right now. You've got the Dodgers at home, the Rangers at home, the Tigers on the road, and the Astros on the road. That's hard. Like, do you want to look at it like seeing those four teams, or do you want to look at it like, okay, what's your record against the Dodgers? What's your record against the Astros? And then what's your record against the two in the middle? It's hard. The Astros, obviously a rematch of the ALDS last year. Um, what I will say is the White Sox have struggled consistently with beating good teams. Um, and I think that is the litmus test. I, in this division, I think they're going to rack up wins against non-twins teams in the division as we move forward in the year. But how do they fare against the Dodgers? How do they fare at Minute Maid Park in Houston? How do they fare against teams that are going to be contenders? Because we saw them legitimately outmatched last year in the ALDS against Houston. We'll see how they look this week against the Dodgers. It'll be really interesting. Detroit's 21 and 33. They've lost three in a row. Detroit is coming off of a series sweep to the Yankees where they scored four runs, all of which coming in the series finale. It's hard to run into that gauntlet, especially when they were literally at their best. I mean, they saw Garrett Cole, Luis Severino, and Jordan Montgomery, I do believe, with Michael King getting the win. Uh, yeah, they saw Montgomery for six and a third, a two-run ball. Uh, but, I mean, Garrett Cole was perfect through six, I want to say. And then Luis Severino uh, allowed one hit in a 3 nothing game. They, they got one hit. Their offense is nowhere close to – as exciting as what we thought they were going to do this year. And, and we thought that they were going to be, I don't know if anybody was saying that they were going to be good. I think a lot of people were saying that they were going to be exciting and they're neither 
they're bad and they're not exciting. And that has a lot to do with the star power, the sex appeal in this lineup with Spencer Torkelson, with Javier Baez. I think when Riley Green gets up, he's, he's rehabbing right now. I think when Green gets up and he makes his major league debut and he becomes an everyday contributor to that lineup, this lineup gets a little bit more sexy. And let's see if his presence can just enhance Torkelson because we know those two have been on the same path for the last couple of years. We'll see what happens there. Um, they've got two in Pittsburgh starting tonight. Then they host Toronto, the White Sox, and the Rangers. They're home for a bit. they got a 10-game homestand. We'll see what Comerica Park can do for them. Uh, and then wrapping up with the Royals really quickly, I don't really need to talk about the big league club right now. They're 2-8 they're and eight over their last 10. Um, they've been absolutely thrashed. If, I, if I'm counting right, that's seven losses in their last eight games. Um, they just took one of three from Houston. They got swept in Cleveland, uh, and they just lost the series opener 8-0 last night to Toronto. Um, they host Toronto, then they host Baltimore, then they go to San Francisco for three. Kansas City needs offensive reinforcements because that's the only thing that will provide any excitement right now. The pitching is legitimately flawed, and there aren't very many guys that I believe even can contribute at the AAA level. I just got done watching them for a week, and, and Coar was walking everybody. Jackson Coar was walking everybody. I think Austin Cox can be good, but not this year, next year. Because Cox differs from the other guys that they have. Cox is more of a pitchability guy versus Coar, Singer, Bubich, Lynch. They're stuff guys. Um, Lynch has looked fine. But what I'm asking people for, what I'm asking Dayton Moore for, is for Vinny Pasquantino to make his major league debut. Um, Vinny is probably the best hitter in AAA right now. He had a cold start to June. But the OPS is right around 1,000. He was second in all of AAA baseball and OPS, only to Nolan Gorman, who's already up and already performing really well. Vinny Pasquantino is performing objectively better than Nick Prado at the AAA level and better than any of the first base options that Kansas City has at the major league level. You've already got Witt and Melendez up. Prado's not far off. Get the Italian breakfast up. And I tried doing a dive into why Vinny Pasquantino's nickname is the Italian breakfast. Um, my understanding is when he was in the lower levels of minor league baseball, he would put together this breakfast concoction that was like six or seven eggs, bacon, breakfast sausage. Sometimes he would switch it up with like chorizo and, and a ton of ranch dressing. And he would combine that all in a bowl. And that was his thing. I've also heard that Italian breakfast is also an ode, an ode to Billy Butler, um, who was a, uh, a DH slash immobile outfielder for the Royals right before their World Series runs, maybe during. I don't remember the, the time span of Billy Butler's uh, Royals career. But um, yeah, so it might be an ode to Billy Butler. It might be just the extravagant breakfast he had at the lower levels of minor league baseball. I know he is a funny-ass dude, and he is ripping the International League to shreds. So call up Vinny Pasquantino. Uh, and we'll see how this coming week works in the American League Central. I'm Jack. Miller will be back next week with me. He's not fired. Uh, and Kendall and T will have the state of the AL West for you tomorrow.